Welcome back. Happy Friday, everybody. Dan Bickley, Tim Ring filling in for Vinny and Jerry. You cannot start singing Oh What a Night during an update and then get on us two for violating update protocol. My man said this is an update. You're singing a song. Mm -hmm. Is that what you call it? I'm not joking. This is my job. But I didn't even think about that because the Oh What a Night does have the 63. That's right. Absolutely. And, and then we, you, were, this is, you weaved in I the CP3? Turned, I just turned the update into Frankie Valley of the Suns. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. It never ends. You just need Gambo to sing it, and you're all good. I don't think I need him. <laughs> all right, the Phoenix Suns back in action tonight in Memphis. These are the two best teams in the Western Conference, and this game is going to mark the return of JaVale McGee from non-COVID illness, but more importantly, it, it is going to mark the return of Cam Johnson, who has missed 13 games with what Tim Ring called the most painful Charlie horse in NBA history. It, it has to be, and that injury must have must have morphed or been a little more serious than that, right? Had yeah, because look, if we know anything from, I mean, did it break his leg? I, like, <laughs> right? We talked about the m- mindset of this team, though, and you just saw it with Chris Paul, who many people thought was going to be out until the playoffs, if not mm-hmm. into the first round of the playoffs. This team is not somebody who babies themselves. If Cam Johnson could come back, he would have come back. No, of course. Oh, no, and, and don't don't misunderstand. I'm actually saying it really must have been the Charlie Horse. To end all Charlie horses. Obviously, if he could have come back, he would have. I'm just saying, you know, for a thigh... This Charlie horse was so serious, okay. they called it Charles horse. They <laughs> <laughs> called it Charles equestrian. Yeah, listen. Uh, um, so to me, this is... Uh, that's good, because he needs to get back into shape, and he needs to get back assimilated with the team. Here's what's interesting to me. Now, the Memphis Grizzlies will still be without John Morant tonight. He has got a knee issue. He's missed a lot of games recently. The Grizzlies have been great without him. They've been gone eighteen and two without him. But tonight, suddenly on the injury report yesterday, Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Ad- Adams, Desmond Bain, and Tyus Jones—four key contributors to the Grizzlies—are all listed as doubtful with soreness. So you so you wonder: Is this gamesmanship? Do the Grizzlies not want to go up? And try with with what they've had, even though it's been working so well. Do they not want to concede anything to the Suns at this point in time? In terms of, yeah, you guys are way better than us. Or is this all legit? The last time the Grizzlies played the Suns, Bick, it was back on December twenty eighth. They beat them, yeah. at Footprint Center. If you if you remember, yes, they did. Uh, John Morant hit a uh, hanging buzzer beater off off the glass mm-hmm. so could you make the case that the grizzlies that at full strength that that would be the last remaining memory they would like the suns to maybe. have of maybe. them maybe in case they do meet maybe. in the western conference finals that's exactly what i'm getting at because that's the gamesmanship that does go right. on this time of year and it's all psychologically driven it's all about don't give the other team an edge psychologically in terms of because the Grizzlies have a really good thing going without John Morant. I, it, it doesn't even make sense. Let, for instance, let, let me run some stats by you. This this will some of this will blow your mind. We know that when the Suns lead after three quarters, they have not been beaten. Right? We know that that unbe- I don't know what the number is, but it's it's, it's, 40, it's forty-five and zero. Gotcha. 
Their winning percentage against teams below 500 is 895. They win 90% of their games against teams below 500. Uh, in the clutch, their percentage is 842 um, versus 500 teams, 737 without CP3, 733 without Devin Booker, 727. The only team that can beat any of these Suns winning percentage numbers in any of the categories is they are winning 90% of their games without John Morant. So the Suns without, or the, the Grizzlies without John Morant have won games at a greater clip than the Suns without either Chris Paul or Devin Booker. Now, I'm not here to say the Grizzlies are a better team, but they've got something really special going. And they've gone it, they've beaten the Bucks. They they've got a handful of of marquee wins without John ja Morant. And a lot of it is like wow, they've got a lot of energy, a lot of youthful energy, a lot of athleticism. So they've got something good going. It, it, it I don't feel threatened by this team even though they beat them last time they played at Footprint Center. Maybe I should feel more, but but maybe this is a a, a little form of gamesmanship because the Grizzlies don't want this 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 good thing pierced by a drubbing from the Suns tonight. You could also make the case, though, that if Morant was going to miss the game anyway, if they played the rest of their guys and beat the Suns, that would actually well, be a bigger psychological boost. Like, hey, we can beat you without Morant. Yeah. So take put that in your pipe and right. smoke it, so, Phoenix. So we'll see what that looks like. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was a little bummed out by this because I was really looking forward to this game from that competitive standpoint. Because what we saw, we saw in the last game the heat that was coming off those basketball teams, right? That was quite obvious. Yeah, and that was the Warriors without Steph Curry, and that was without Steph Curry, and a lot of that was was the energy of Draymond and Jordan Poole and all that stuff. Well, and so I'll, I was hoping that, like you had said, Jared, that this would be one of the last kind of statement games right. before the playoffs come. And a lot of people are comparing Memphis to the Suns of last year, and that they're sort of a year ahead of schedule. It's like a true team of, of, of deep players, mm-hmm. and that they're, I mean, they're right in the spot that the Suns were. They're the number two seed in the West, sort of out of nowhere. But well, let's see. You know, we 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 may have games that matter at the end of the season on the road. Not not we the Suns, but in terms of the grand scope of the of the Western Conference mm-hmm. standings, the Clippers and Jazz. Depending on where this thing is at, those those games may yeah. mean something to those well, respective. But I'm talking about teams. mattering to the Suns, though. Like the Clippers game might matter to the Suns if Paul George is playing, and maybe that, if Kawhi Leonard is playing because they want to show something. Ex- that, that's where I'm going with that. It might it, they they might have implications, yeah. on, on a greater level. So. And, and I think I think what we're getting at here is the Grizzlies have locked up the two seeds, so they might be thinking we got nothing to win here. We have got nothing to win here tonight, which would be a little bit of a bummer. It would, I, I, because I do think that this is a big moment for the Suns. I think JaVale McGee returning, Cam Johnson returning. I think they all want to be part of victory number 63 because it is that important. Yeah. And also, the Suns have nothing to play for and they have nothing to prove, but they go into a game like that Golden State game mm-hmm. and they said, we absolutely. <laughs> positively have to win this game. Oh, I think the Suns and, had a lot to play for on Wednesday night because the, if, if you lose if you lose that game, you talk about psychological warfare. Sure. You lose that game, that means the Warriors would have beaten you 3 out of 4. Yeah. And they also just right. they would have beaten you without Steph Curry. And they're the they, team they, that everybody thinks and, can beat you anyway. And and and, and they're the team with the rings. Draymond Green is already guaranteed a championship. They came into your house in a marquee game on Christmas Day 
and beat you. No other team in the NBA has beaten the Suns twice this year, and the Warriors beat you three out of four. You got and Devin Booker can't make a shot, and DeAndre Ayton can't hold on to the ball. Yeah, well, he's got to stop that. Yeah, you 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 don't you don't want that. You talk about mental. You don't want that hanging over your head. And Chris Paul saved the day mm-hmm. and got the Suns that win on Wednesday. That was a listen. I don't want to overstate things and say oh huge, but believe me, somewhere deep down. In, you know, in places they don't want to talk about, that was a big win for the Suns. For sure, I agree. And now there's going to be no teams in the entire NBA that will have a winning record against the Suns. How about that? All right, well, the Suns are ascending. The Cardinals keep slipping, at least in power rankings. We'll get into that next. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Welcome back. Dan Bickley, Tim Ring. Happy Friday to everybody. It is April Fool's Day. Beware of false and misleading sports tweets today. As you go through your day, this day is fraught with peril. Uh, All right, we had a conversation earlier about the Phoenix Suns, and and we were getting into some really good stuff because, to me, I think one of the fascinating questions is Michael Bidwill and his role in all of this because— But the Arizona Cardinals. What did I say? Phoenix Suns. I'm sorry. The Arizona Cardinals. Michael Bidwill, as the owner of the the Arizona Cardinals, he— He's done really good things over the past two decades, helping get his stadium built. He spearheaded that. And more to the point, and I've written this line many, many times, he he atoned for the competitive sins of his father. His father, Bill Bidwill, super nice man, super generous, but he wasn't all that into winning. His, His competition gene didn't fire the way it does with most sports fans. Is that fair to say? I would say that. And I, I think you know fa- family business, mm-hmm. and, and 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 to be fair, the 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 dollar amounts we see from a revenue standpoint and what a franchise is worth today, uh, certainly Bill Bidwell during his heyday wasn't seeing the fruits. That no, his son right. is seeing now, but you know certainly ran ran the business very close to the vest financially. Right. And and, and there's there's always been a long running debate that he was given a handshake deal for a new stadium and when he didn't get that, it handicapped him financially and as a result he never put the money into the product or or acquiring talent as he should have. So Michael came in to power and he's done everything very different than his father. And part of that is a hard charging, very aspirational, ambitious nature that that could rub people the wrong way because he was that demanding. And you and I are both in agreement where we're both waiting for that guy to to to, to do something about this football team. And that's where I, I find a I find it to be such a conflict of of, of, of almost personalities because the, the, the guy that I, I I see as a demanding presence in the organization the way there's accountability uh expectations mm-hmm. uh, 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 a presence about him uh, of of excellence uh, in everything that they do uh, from the way he expects his employees to carry themselves uh, from the stadium that was built from the way the organization is run uh from purchasing a team plane 
from redoing the facility to make it state of the art. Like everything that to this- being a user friendly guy. So if a player you know breaks his face on a weekend game. Michael will fly him to a hospital and fly him back home later and stuff like that. Exactly. Little things that matter. Exactly. And from a media standpoint, not that fans care about this, but I found Michael always to be accommodating. Uh, I think he's a very polite man. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think he's very gracious with his time when you ask him uh, uh, for certain things in terms of you know media obligations. So I, I just see, I see. There's I a agree. lot of positives with Michael Bidwell. I agree. I just I, I, again, I, I can't stress it enough. I'm a big Mike Bidwell fan. And again, and I don't want to say having said that, but <laughs> because it's it's not it's it's really not having said that. It's more like so I don't understand why excellence is demanded and attained and achieved in so many other areas, but yet when it comes to hyper aggressiveness in terms of putting the best football team on the field, we see we see a lapse while, in that while this, rewarding this guys. In Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, who seem to represent mediocrity more than excellence. And let, let, let's exactly be fair. this this that's this year mm-hmm. because last year they signed J.J. Watt, which mm-hmm. we all weren't expecting, right? Which was a big move. Mm-hmm. The year before they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, which we weren't all expecting, which mm-hmm. was a big move. It's just it's even those two moves. That make this offseason stand out even more. Okay, but 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 to be fair though, the DeAndre Hopkins deal was more a shrewd move by the GM. Let's give credit where credit. But that it was, was a not, trade knowing that you were going to have to give him a big new contract. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was part of the deal. That, that's true. A little bit like Robert Sarver okaying the Chris Paul trade for James Jones. Right. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. But but in terms of going out there and saying like we're, we're again doing what the Rams are doing. And doing what the Rams have done with the the, the Jalen Ramseys and the Von Millers. Yeah, like and, I said, that and now the everybody in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Chargers, well, the Raiders. Going out there yeah. and doing, doing as much as possible from a personnel standpoint yeah. to win football games on Sundays and ultimately win Super Bowls. Well, Nobody can tell right. me the Cardinals are doing everything they possibly can. See, that's the Nobody. thing. That's, that's the thing, Tim. That's the thing, because when you see, and Jarrett's right, the J.J. Watt deal, um, the Rodney Hudson deal, the DeAndre Hopkins deal, they all have big cap hits this year. They're all costing significant amounts of money this year. And part of the reason that the, the, the Cardinals got them is because they were willing to sort of give and do more than the other teams were. Yeah, they overpaid to get these guys. So, so But we're watching other teams navigate through the financial restraints of the salary cap, and I wonder why the Cardinals aren't doing that. And then, then somebody said, well, they don't have a lot of contracts where they can do that. Well, then that, to me, is a fail. If, if you, have, as a GM, have got such a rigid roster and you've structured all your deals that you don't have any flexibility in year four of your franchise rookie quarterback... Uh, also, guys. Uh, also, like you know, the old saying: if you're bragging about what you did yesterday, it means you haven't done anything today. Oh, I like. That. So I don't. I, I you know, like well, let's not. Let's. Oh, we shine. JJ. Okay. Well, great. You also got your ass kicked in the playoffs like and that. embarrassed yourself. And since then, so you've what, lost. Several so what are you starters. doing today to like win that. football games in 2022? The well, thing that scares me okay? is that they're all in on the draft. Hey, and, hey and you're darn right. Because if you're looking based on their resumes in the past. The idea that they think they can get two or three starters in the draft this year 
is foolhardy. Yeah, it's desperation is what it is. Well, okay. Well, let's say let's say they have a blockbuster trade and they're going to trade up and they're going to get you know a Kevon Thibodeau, right? Which we heard Gambo uh, yesterday was mentioning that they are going to look to move up. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that far, but yeah. Okay, okay. So all right. Well, let's 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 say they do that. Okay. Okay. So we're going to have. Three of our four linebackers, our three of their four linebackers across the the backside, a a, a first year guy, a second year guy, and, and a third, third year guy, guy. and a first year right. guy who's really a, a second. It's like right. a second year guy who's really a first right, year exactly. guy, a third like, year guy is really plan. a second year guy. That's the plan. Yeah, this and is then wh- we're going to draft a receiver. Yeah, this you is know, why this is why in power rankings, as I teased, USA Today Cardinals have plunged from tenth. To 20th, Nate Davis writes, quote, they lost seven of their final 11 games, including an embarrassing playoff loss to the Rams, have an unhappy quarterback and hemorrhage talent and free agency. Otherwise, no issues. <laughs> ESPN has got them down eight spots to number 18. So you see what's happening here. Uh, NFL.com dropping five spots to number 18. Sporting News currently has them at 16. So where they were at 10 and 2. This is quite a precipitous drop. Now, power rankings don't mean anything. I get it, but if you want to if you want to understand your football team in the context of what other people are doing, there you go. There you go. So, but hey, Kyler Murray's lifting weights. But 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 but. <laughs> By the way, did you? I I I, I, uh-huh. I I didn't get a chance to weigh in. Did you guys weigh in on the JJ Watt? Thing I, I but, but 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 go ahead. I know we got to get to break, but like, why is JJ Watt trolling the fans? Out? I don't oh, know, that's exactly, man. Yeah, that's I don't know. Did you guys talk about yeah, that? I don't, I don't want. I don't no, want to go ahead. Back. Share your thought. You got a minute. Uh, I, the, the the deal with Kyler Murray was between the Cardinals and his agent, and the organization dropping leaks to Chris Mortensen and the media. And Kyler Murray's agent going back at the don't troll the fans, but 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 but, but, but <laughs> the fans the fans love Kyler Murray. <laughs> but was he trolling the fans or was he trolling like but, the media coverage but, of? But, well, yeah, I, well, cut the ad. But listen, you put something out that on Twitter, it's like listen, the the, 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 the Kyler Murray's biggest support group are, are Cardinal fans. Yeah, nobody nobody's questioning. For the most part, Kyler Murray's work ethic. I, yeah, it's I, the Cardinals that are dropping those bombs to the media. Thank you, unnamed source. But, 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 thank go, you. Go, go into go into Cliff's office and say, but, but, but. I think right on the money. Right on the money. Thank Tim you. Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. The Rush Hour reboot is next. Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. That's American-owned and American-dreamed Brooklyn Betting. All right, it is 7.30 time for the Rush Hour Reboot. We will take you, normally Sarah does it, but I'm filling in today. We'll take you through the top stories of the day through some sound bites and have Bickley and Tim Ring today in for Vince react. Okay? Okay. We'll start with the Phoenix Suns. (laughs) All right. Okay. We'll start with the Phoenix Suns, and uh, they asked Vince Carter, would he take the Suns or the field? To win the championship, I'm with the field on, on you know all, all the teams in the NBA and the West, just like you said, because I feel like Memphis is very capable. Uh, you know, Golden State, you can't you can't knock them; they have a great chance. But yeah, the field. I mean, just naming those two teams, and then you go over to the East. Uh, Boston is emerging, of course. Milwaukee Bucks, like like he said, and 
the 76ers, there's teams that have a chance. There's four teams in the East that have a chance. They're playing great basketball as well as the Suns. I'm saying the Suns are playing the best and has the best record. But I have to take the field. There's too many teams out there that can give the Suns a run for their mm. money. But right now, I mean, the Suns are a complete basketball team. But there's too many teams out there that uh, in the field that, I, that you can choose from. Well, this is kind of a loaded question, mm. guys. Would you? Well, I mean, I mean, think what about is it. the question? If you were betting, yeah, oh, right, the now, Suns or the field, the Suns, yeah. Yeah. or the field to win the championship this year? Obviously, that would be the question. I mean, if I were betting, I mean, I hate to say it, Bick, but I mean, if I had to put money down, I mean, the smart bet would would be, be the, the field. field. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate mm-hmm. to I hate to say it, right? I mean, the Suns until they win something are still an unproven. Team, despite having the, fair. the two fair. nothing series lead, and you still have guys like Giannis out there, and, I, and what Vince Carter says, there's capable teams out there, and and and, and, and Joel Embiid's lingering out there. there. Is, the, 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 yeah, the there's net, a lot the, of the Nets with Durant and Kyrie, and the Warriors are still going to get Curry back, and they got that championship pedigree. And I'll tell you this: I'll, let me give you another stat to chew on. When when Green, uh, Thompson, and Curry have started every game of a playoff series. The Warriors have never lost a playoff series. Wow. So that, it's going to be tough to take them out yeah. a four out of seven. But There's a lot of intrigue, like you There's said. There's intrigue. So there, I mean, you're going to throw money down? Is that's the question? Uh, you know, yeah, you'd probably take the field, I guess. The return of Steph Curry, the, the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George stuff with the Clippers, the Robert Williams stuff with the Celtics. There's a lot of There's a lot of intrigue. But who's going to be available? Who's not? But like, listen, I, I can I I want to tack. If you're talking about gambling, you take the field. And if my prediction to win the NBA title, yeah. hands down, the Suns. Because even with all those hands, guys, hands down, the Suns yeah. are my prediction. They're the best team to win the NBA championship. Let me make that perfectly clear. So they're taking the Suns then. <laughs> Jared, I mean, next question. Come okay. on. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, Devin Booker talked about Chris Paul and and uh, what his addition to the team has meant for him. Everything um, it, it's changed the trajectory of of my career. Um, always being a, a fan first, you know, and then getting the the behind the scenes. You know, everybody gets to see what what he's been doing on the court for the past twenty years, um, but nobody gets to see the behind the scenes of it and you know I'm, I'm privileged you know to, to be able to see it every day and just be a sponge to it you know learn pick up things you know even not even through conversation just watching um, and it's been it's been the biggest help not just for me but for everybody on this team this is another big question I'm going to ask you guys all right is Chris Paul the most important addition that any Arizona sports team has ever made. I I would say it. You can't make a case that it tops Randy Johnson. You just can't. He had four Cy Youngs after signing with the Diamondbacks and delivered a World Series. So second, he's number two. You can't top the World Series. You That's can't true. top the championship. But as far as until he wins tra- it, changing the trajectory of a franchise. Oh. Yeah, listen, but you're right, though. Randy is maybe right in the same. Well, I, I think if Chris Paul, if the if these sons win a championship, then Chris Paul will pass Randy. Not because he has reached the individual excellence that Randy did here, but he's lifted everybody up. The change the impact, of culture, yeah. all that stuff.
Chris Paul, Randy Johnson. Would you put Kurt Warner in the top three, taking the Cardinals yeah, to the Super you Bowl? Yeah, definitely would. I mean that would that would probably be I mean I mean off the top I mean I didn't yeah, know this no, question was coming no, but on top of my head Ra- Randy Johnson Kurt Warner but what Chris Kurt, Paul what Kurt doesn't have that CP3 and Randy do have is the importance that the move felt at the time it was made yeah you're right because the Kurt Diamondbacks Warner, getting Randy Johnson low was them announced, announcing right. themselves as a real franchise right the Suns were not you know these ten years of missing the playoffs are not gonna we're making our move also I think you, Charles you, Barkley. Yeah, I mean, there's Charles a good one Barkley, too. right? But again, what, what I think what Dan's saying is, and he's right, is that if if Chris if this if these sons win a title, uh, you put Chris Paul over Randy Johnson because no offense to the D backs, but I, I think the Suns' place in it's this bigger. community yeah. so much bigger Definitely. than the Diamondbacks. What it would mean, especially after the heartbreak of older fans in '76 and '93. Yep, for this team to finally win a title. Seventy six and ninety three and two thousand twenty one and two thousand twenty one. Yeah. All right. Uh, one last one here, kind of a long cut, but this is Lewis Riddick talking about uh, what a good fit Bobby Wagner is with the Rams. Before we can get to on the field, you got to talk about him off the field and what he means to a locker room overall. What he means to the defensive side yeah. of the ball as a signal caller. What he's going to mean to a linebacker room because of the cachet that he brings, the resume that he brings, and the competency that he brings on the football field. This is perfect for the Rams. The Rams need a veteran presence in the middle of their defense at the signal caller position, particularly at linebacker. Look, Ernest Jones, who was a third-round pick last year, is a fantastic player. He's not Bobby Wagner. He's not Bobby Wagner yet. They need someone to make sure at the command and control center we have someone who can make all the calls, who can make all the adjustments, who can make plays against the run in the pass in timely fashion. Just like Von Miller did when he was there on that football team. Just like Eric Weddle did when he came back for the stretch run last year. Now Bobby Wagner will be tasked to do that. And he will be the guy who, along with Jalen Ramsey, that along with Aaron Donald, will be the guys who kind of take the bull by the horns and continue to have this defense continue to progress and hopefully get them back to, a, to another Super Bowl. So the question I ask you of all the free agents and trades that have happened this offseason... Which one do you wish the Cardinals would have been in on? Oh, Devontae Adams. Wow. Um, and you would have given up what the it o- took to get him, and the only, the only, the only pause I give on Adam. First of all, the how I mean, how how lethal would that Khalil be? Mack. Ho- Hopkins and Adam. You'd be so top heavy, yeah, salary yeah, wise, with be. your two That'd receivers. Be yeah, to, that, be and impossible. that's why, like to to me, the 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 Chargers with their quarterback on a rookie deal, swinging that deal for Khalil Mack, uh, with the Cardinals losing Chandler Jones, uh, to to have their quarterback on a rookie deal, swinging a similar deal for a guy like Mack. Uh, to me, that would have been that would have been a deal I would have liked to seen Steve Kime swing to bring to bring Mac in here to replace Chandler Jones. I mean, listen, yeah, how great would it be to have Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins? Well, but man, that's a lot of money tied up in your no, two but, but but at the same time, anybody who who watches and studies football knows that the wide receiver position is becoming more and more and more important. Adding significant A1 kind of weapons to your offense is more and more and more important. Having a pass rusher is as important as it's always been, and that's the, the, those are a couple of key areas it been that awesome. the Cardinals are going to look like they're going to nickel and dime, right? And it's that's I know. I, it's, uh, right? 
<laughs> All right, Jared, are you done? You're, I'm done. You've that, been you have been rebooted. Coming up on the other side, one bad game seems to have unplugged Devin Booker's MVP candidacy. So what are we looking at with the NBA MVP? That's next. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. The home of the Suns, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Bickley and Murata Mornings. The Suns run to the playoffs, presented by Canvas Annuity. Welcome back, everybody. Dan Bickley, Tim Ring, happy Friday. Jarrett Carlin along with us as well. You have got the blast coming up. You've got the sports kebab coming up. Tom Chambers joining us at 8.30. A lot of good stuff happening. Um, What's also very interesting is there's a lot of good stuff happening in the NBA. Last night, DeMar DeRozan scored 50 points, I believe, for the Bulls. It was the ninth 50-point game that occurred in the month of March. Crazy. Last night, Giannis went off as well. Another huge game against an Eastern Conference power. And then now suddenly the MVP vote and debate, it's up in the air. I I find this to be fascinating. When Devin Booker was on that two-week bender, if you will, of basketball, he became, uh, if not an MVP candidate, he was in the MVP conversation. We watched it unfold. He got into the conversation of why isn't he an MVP candidate. <laughs> right. He got into the conversation of why isn't he in the conversation. Yeah. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and which is, which is, a, exactly which is right. a step forward for him, though, it, which is actually a, an acknowledgement that, hey, maybe we should pay attention to this guy. He had a really bad game against the Warriors, and no one's talking about that. We had Mark Schlereth in studio, and Mark lives in Denver, and he said Nuggets fans, for what it's worth, they think it's really cute that Devin Booker can have two good weeks and Suns fans think he's MVP when Nikola Jokic has been doing it all season long. Personally, I I think the Nikola Jokic thing's a little overblown. I'm just not all that in love with this game, and maybe that's biased because he's so rooted to the floor. And maybe my perception of what an MVP is is a little more dynamic than that. But it's it's really up in the air right now between Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Now, up until now, and I guess Jason Tatum is on the outside. Devin Booker is also on the outside. That, to me, would be your top five. Yeah, well, Booker's way on the outside now. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. interesting. And, and you know, if we, if we want to use the, the Las Vegas odds as some kind of barometer... Um, let me just say this Booker before the 49 point drubbing of the Nuggets and Jokic in their building last week was plus 10,000 to win the MVP. And I'm bringing this up for a reason. All right. After the 49 points, he dropped to plus 5,500 after the Warriors game. He's back to plus 10,000. Is that right? Yes. So wow. so he, he 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 spiked and then he dropped. And I know we're not going to talk about, you know, gambling per se here, but I thought that was interesting that he made a brief a barometer, he made yeah. a brief run in Vegas and then immediately fell back down. Look, again, we we don't we we I we I hate to sound like homers on this thing, but I just don't understand. Listen, we, we want to argue the merits of Jokic as an MVP candidate. Bick, I know you're talking about you know the way he, he plays the game. That, that's fine. Whatever the case may be, I, I just don't understand. The narrative was set with Embiid and Jokic earlier in the season, 
and and they're and and they're and nobody's moving off that. And ESPN just did a straw poll uh, about a week and a half ago. Devin Booker got one third place vote, and I think he finished seventh. So he's not even mm-hmm. he's not even in the fringe of the conversation. And I just don't get it. I mean, his numbers are there. The team success is there. The clutch play is there. He's the best in basketball in the clutch. There are statistic, there's statistical evidence for that. I mean, every metric you have mm-hmm. should have him as certainly a candidate. Yeah, and the I, reality is he's not even close. Well, it, it, I guess, I, and I do. How did you put it earlier, Jared? That that Suns fans just want him. In the running, is that yeah, is that accurate? I don't know is. that every anyone really thinks he should win the MVP this year. Yeah, and I'm with you. I don't, but he should be mentioned in the same breath as the top candidates, and that's where I feel like they feel like there's some disrespect. So, what number would he finish in the MVP that you okay. feel is is worthy? Let's, would let, make you okay. Let me set the baseline on this. If you look statistically, Joel Embiid and Giannis, they're basically the same guy in terms of numbers. Giannis plays a different brand of defense, but they're both about 30 points per game, 11 and a half rebounds. Giannis is a little better on the assists per game. Okay, so statistically, they're the they're kind of the same guy. If there's a difference, it's that Joel Embiid has carried that 76ers team up until the acquisition of James Harden. Right, without Ben Simmons. Without Ben Simmons. So it was Joel Embiid and, and, and everybody else, right? And, and so I, that's where I, why I've always had Joel Embiid number one. Now the argument is that we thought Devin Booker doing the same thing for 15 games without Chris Paul mm-hmm. would make him ascend, and it did a little bit, Yeah, but not the, the same thing. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but just one more thing. What you guys were saying, what, what Tim just said, more in the NBA more than anything else, it feels like they decide at the beginning of the year. This is this person's year. Mm-hmm. This was Joel Embiid's year to win the MVP. Well, and, and you it know takes why a is. lot to get. You off know why that. that is? I'll tell you why that is. Because otherwise, otherwise, if you went most valuable player, then Michael Jordan would have wanted uh, twice as often as he did. LeBron would have wanted twice as often as he did. They would have won it every year they're in the league. Yeah. If it, if, right. if, if it was for the best player. Exactly. And then and the same is true with Giannis. And I think that I think guys there's the a fatigue. People are like let's give it to somebody else. Now Nikola Jokic's numbers are better than Giannis and Joel Embiid. And they're better than last year. Because they're better than last year. His rebounding is up and his assists are almost nine a game. And so his numbers are crazy, but it doesn't interest me as an MVP. Because because to, to me there's other things that go into that, so but I guess it's just this award is so subjective. Well, is what the issue is, and also you know you look at Jokic, the Nuggets have a worse record this year than they did last year, and Jokic's numbers are about the same. Mm-hmm. Now listen, they they don't have Jamal Murray, okay. But wouldn't that be the very definition of most valuable that 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 Jokic would then elevate his team within the absence of Murray? Mm-hmm. The fact that they're having a worse season wouldn't that contradict the very candidacy yeah. for most valuable? But yet I'll, Jokic yeah. is currently the favorite. Yeah, to, I, to, in I, Vegas not, to win I'm over Embiid and, and Giannis. Yeah, I'm I, not a fan of that. So I listen. I will say this: You talk about what to Jarrett's point about be, somebody being preordained as this would be his year. Phoenix Suns win the title this June. 
you know, maybe Devin Booker that next would year. be next year's preordained uh, MVP candidate maybe. If, if, if he has a similar yep. season that's and the Suns point. finish with the best record in the and, NBA. And win a championship. That's, that's what I think it is. To me, and maybe this is not fair to Devin Booker, but I think giving Devin Booker the MVP award in a way disrespects Chris Paul. It, not directly, but it just kind of... It, it paints a picture here that I don't think is fair to what Chris Paul means to this basketball team. Because up until his injury, Chris Paul was the MVP of the Suns, in my opinion. So it's very, very interesting. Uh, and look, I, I made this argument yeah. kind of facetiously, but also there is there is logic to it. You can argue that the most valuable person on the Suns is Mikkel Bridges. Maybe. Who plays forty minutes a game? Plays every game. The defense scores when you, you know what I mean. It's like the but, Suns being such a good team almost penalizes but, them. But if you're talking about focus and you're talking about I know, empowering talking teammates, about if you're talking about the value. growth of Da, it's so hard to get off of Chris Paul. No, but, because what he shoulders for this organization, I don't see any metrics for that. But but see the argument again is they were what were they without him? Eleven and four. And again, and the the the, the Grizzlies are eighteen and two without John Morant. There's a there's a tricky aspect to that stat because teams can do that if they know that star player is coming back. But look at the Warriors without Steph Curry, absolutely tanking. No, that is true. And re- remember to to Dan's point. Look at the, the Nets when they didn't have Kevin Durant. To Dan's point, though, Jarrett, remember before Chris Paul got hurt. When you look at the Suns MVP candidates, Chris Paul was ahead of know, Booker. Ahead yep. of Booker. Yep. And you know, Vic Lombardi, who is a broadcaster for the Nuggets, him and I had a little back and forth when the, when the Suns beat the Nuggets and we were talking about Devin Booker's MVP candidacy. The first thing out of his mouth was what, what Dan just said, is that Chris Paul's presence on the Suns absolutely hurts Booker's MVP candidacy. Yeah, there's Not no a, doubt. It's just, it's just the way it is, period, full stop. All right, it is halftime of the Bickley and Murata Morning Show. What's next? The Bickley Blast coming up on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM.